Hey, you're listening to the Word of Life AG podcast. We're so glad you're catching up with service midweek. And this week's message is from Pastor Megan Wood, and she's bringing week two of our three-week mini-series on mission, vision, and culture. Let's check it out. Well, good morning. How are we today? Doing good? It's good to be here this morning. Um, This morning I woke up and I was up before the sunshine, trying to get up before my kids to kind of just run through everything this morning. And my son Moses woke up. He's seven, he's gonna be eight next week. But he came in and the first thing he said to me was, or I said to him, I said, good morning. And he says, mommy, are you on the phone? I said, no, I'm just going through my message. He says, okay, because I wasn't sure if you were talking to me. I said, okay. Well, he comes down and he sits, he's the best snuggler early in the morning. So he came and he sat next to me and started snuggling with me. And he goes, how come you always get so emotional and you start crying when you talk? And I was like, I thought we were going to have a really serious conversation. I was like, well, I started, he goes, you know, it's kind of like you're a little kid and another kid picked up a rock and threw it at your head and the other kids are laughing at you. So there's that. So um, this morning, if I get a little emotional, you might agree with him. You might say, oh, I see what he's seeing. I, like, I know what he's saying. So um, that was my morning for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a special little guy, always tells the truth. <laughs> uh, you know, last week we started a series, um, a three-week series on mission, vision, and culture. We just wanted to really take a few, a few weeks just to talk about what our mission is as a church and uh, how we see that being fulfilled in our church. Last week, um, Tom spoke on Proverbs 14.4, which was, without an oxen, a stable stays clean but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. And in that, we learned that we can't get, we can't enjoy the harvest on, or, and also have a clean stable, right? We have to choose. We can either have a harvest or a clean stable. And the legacy and mission of Word of Life Church is to prioritize that harvest over a clean stable. Isn't that incredible? Isn't it so amazing that we get to be a part of a church that doesn't care about the messiness? That you can, right? Yes. There we go. As Tom says, if one claps, everybody has to clap. It's incredible, you know, like that we get to actually come in and it doesn't matter the mess that we bring and it doesn't matter what the mess that everyone else brings. We're all in this together, right? We're all messy people. I'm a messy person. You're a messy person. So... You know, um, and he also, we started to talk a little bit about our actual mission statement as Word of Life, which is leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that again just in case it's the first time you're hearing it. Leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus Christ. So notice that it says, it doesn't just say leading individuals to become faithful followers of Jesus Christ or leading individuals to become effective followers of Jesus Christ, but it says both faithful and effective. Those are the words that stood out to us as we were praying about our vision statement and thinking about it because they both are extremely important. 
We need both faithfulness and effectiveness. This week I was reading in 1 Thessalonians, and, it's, and Paul's addressing the church in Thessalonica. I'm going to go ahead and read that. It's 1 Thessalonians 1.7. It says, You have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout, throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. So what made this church an example? Well, if we go on to read in verse 2, it says, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there are a few points that makes the church an example. One, it's faithful work. Two, it's known for their loving deeds. And three, their enduring hope. Then Paul goes on to say in 4 through 6, We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. So we see that they are assured by the Holy Spirit that the message of Jesus is true. This is their own experience that the message of Jesus is true. That they received that message with joy. And all of that in spite of the suffering that they had endured and were continuing to endure. And through all of that, they imitated Paul, the apostles, and Jesus. The church is an example to all the churches in Greece. Not only all the churches in Greece, but our church as well. We see that the church was faithful. It was faithful because they had enduring hope. This came from their experience, their knowledge of Jesus, their relationship with Jesus. And we see that the Holy Spirit was working on their hearts and minds, that they were growing in their relationship with Jesus, that they depended on the Holy Spirit. And all of this in spite of suffering. It didn't depend on the circumstances in which they were in. See, this all speaks to faithfulness, that deep commitment to God and their relationship with him. But we also see that this church was effective because it says they were faithful in their work, right? They didn't just sit down and enjoy what they knew to be true, but they took it that next step. It says they were known for their loving deeds, which means they were out there loving people and that they imitated both Paul and the apostle and the Lord in ministry. So they looked to mentors, they looked to uh, people to imitate, they looked to Jesus to imitate, saw what he was doing, saw what Paul was doing, and did likewise. Paul is highlighting these as strengths and positives in the church. And we can clearly see that this was a church that was faithful and effective. And that Paul was saying that you are an example to all other churches. In other words, Churches, look to this church and be like this church. Imitate this church. See, a faithful and effective church 
is made up of faithful and effective people. Right? We can't have a faithful and effective church just on our own. Our staff at Word of Life can be faithful and effective, but we can't be faithful and effective without you being faithful and effective too. We need you to be faithful and effective, right? So we are a faithful church because we are faithful people, right? We are a faithful church because we are faithful people. In the, in the Greek, the word faithful is pistos, which means to be devoted, loyal, and true. Some adjectives that describe faithfulness is loyal, constant, devoted, unswerving, unwavering, steadfast, dedicated, committed, trusted, dependable, and obedient. They're faithful to Jesus and the promises of God. See, when we're faithful, it changes everything. Because belief in Jesus changes everything. Our faithfulness will change our character, our priorities. It will change our behavior, our words, our outlook, and also how we see the world. Right? See, in Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says, It is impossible to please God without faith. We cannot please God without faith. Without being faithful, we cannot please God. <clears throat> faithfulness is what will carry you through every season. It doesn't matter what you go through. Faithfulness will keep you going. See, my son Moses understands faithfulness. He loves baseball. Like, loves baseball. Like, I would say, actually, he's obsessed with baseball right now. Um, To the point of where he brings home books about baseball. He only wants to watch baseball movies. His room is decorated in baseball. Um, He talks, it feels like he just lives baseball. He talks about baseball all the time. He makes up his own little games of baseball. He knows all there is to know about the game of baseball. So you could say, Moses is faithful to baseball. He knows everything there is to be about baseball. He's definitely devoted to it. And he is definitely unwavering when it comes to to baseball. Trust me, I've tried. So, but Moses would not be effective at baseball unless he played the game of baseball. Because he's only effective because a team depends on him to show up. Because he needs to work on his skills of baseball to play baseball and to be a part of the team and to play a part of the team. And you could say the mission of baseball, right? In fact, probably Tom and I are faithful at baseball, but we're definitely not effective. (laughs) We're sitting on the sidelines, but we're definitely not getting up and playing the game, right? So... We have to have effectiveness with faithfulness. So number one, we are a faithful church because we are a faithful people. Number two, we are an effective church because we are effective people. The adjectives for effective, successful, productive, fruitful, constructive, helpful, Successful in producing a desired outcome or intended result. In other words, moving the mission forward. 
So faithfulness is understanding the mission, understanding it's important. The effectiveness comes when we actually want to move the mission forward and start moving that mission forward. See, effectiveness is important because it's contagious, right? Effectiveness takes it from our inner circle to a much bigger circle. I have had the opportunity to work under some really gifted pastors and leaders over the many years of ministry. I have also been able to sit under people who have been the most magnetic people I have ever met. And unfortunately, two of the most magnetic people I've ever met were not faithful. They were effective. They had an ability to walk into the room, cast a vision, and have everyone instantly on board. They could gather people around them and within seconds have them all just gripped by what they had to say. You know, they were definitely the most effective people I've ever met. But they lacked faithfulness. And you know, when it comes out that you're not faithful, none of that effectiveness matters anymore. In fact, it just is marked by the lack of faithfulness. When I was in my early 20s, I was in a uh, ministry under a pastor, and he definitely was the most magnetic person I've ever met. And in fact, I learned a lot under this pastor. And I would even say I grew a lot in his ministry. And I would say it made me who I am today in a lot of ways. However, about a couple of years after I left that ministry, I found out that he had been having an affair with my really good friend. And he lost everything. And there was so much more going on that it would take too long for me to go into today. However, he lost everything. And he's not doing well today, unfortunately. But without faithfulness, the effectiveness may have mattered in the moment, but it doesn't matter now. It just doesn't, right? All we see is the lack of faithfulness. We need faithfulness and effectiveness. We can't just have one or the other. We need both. Because, see, people are the mission of Jesus. Therefore, they have to be our mission too. It's not enough to sit and say we care about people. We have to go out and show that we care about people. We can't reach people without being effective. So number one, we are a faithful church with faithful people. Two, we are effective church with effective people. Number three, we are a faithful and effective church because we are faithful and effective people. We have to be both, guys. It's wonderful to say that we're faithful, but we have to be faithful and effective. It matters so much. And it matters, it's not even all about our mission statement, it matters to God significantly, right? One clap, so we all gotta clap. It matters so much to God. 
It is his mission, and we get the opportunity to join it. We have the responsibility to join it. I came across an article this week as I was reading in Christianity Today, and the title caught me, and it said, we only need to be faithful can never be an excuse for ineffective ministry. Yeah, a bit challenging. And even though the article was not exactly what we're talking about today, in fact, the article was a little bit more talking about the fact that if we understood faithfulness and what faithfulness to Jesus really means, then we wouldn't be able to help being effective, right? If we understand what it means, then we would be effective people because we would understand the importance of faithfulness to Jesus. So I want to read just a little bit from um, this article, but it says, we're called to be faithful to Jesus, faithful to worship him, faithful to love one another, and faithful to make disciples. And that's what we're called to be effective in, loving Jesus, loving people, and making disciples. When we're faithful to the right things, we'll never settle for business as usual. We won't say we're just staying faithful as an excuse for doing nothing. It's a little bit ouch, but really good, right? Because if we understand that faithful is to love one another and to make disciples, then we can't help but be effective in loving Jesus, loving people, and making disciples, right? You can't help it because if you understand that you are God's priority and you understand the person next to you is God's priority, then you also understand that the empty seat next to you should belong to somebody who is God's priority, right? And when you understand that there are people that do not know Jesus, you can't help but want to be effective. You can't help but see how you can carry that mission forward. See, we are active in our faithfulness. In other words, we are faithful and effective. So the effectiveness is the active part of our faithfulness. Uh, this week I was reading a parable in Matthew 25, and it really just, I felt like it was just worth sharing with you guys this morning. And it's a bit long, but please stick with me because I think it's really important. So Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver 
dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. So let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest in it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance but from whom those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So I know if you're like me, the first thing that always has stuck out to me is how much the servants were given. One was given five, the other two, and the other one. However, it's not really what this is about at all. It's about what you do with what you have. See, the first and the second servant, when the master came home, they came and they said, Master, look what I have. Not only did I take what you had and keep it safe, but I went out and multiplied it. I have more for you. And we see the master replying, saying, good job, good job. I am so pleased with you. In fact, we're going to celebrate. I'm going to give you more because of how faithful you've been with what I had. But then when we get to the third servant, the third servant really just didn't understand the master. In fact, the third servant thought he was doing a good job by keeping what the master had safe. He didn't go spend it. He didn't lose it. He buried it for safekeeping. But when the master comes back and he says, show me what you have, and the servant brings it forward, the master's not pleased. He's not pleased at all. In fact, he takes what he has and says, I'm going to give this to somebody else who will go out and multiply this. See, 
That, that servant was faithful, but he wasn't effective. We have to be faithful and effective. See, Jesus has given you things. He's placed things in your hand. Not just for you. And yes, it benefits you. Isn't that the, one of the great things? Is it benefits you, right? But it's not enough. It's not enough. Because when you, it was given to you, the expectation and the responsibility was also given to you. It came with weight. It came with responsibility. We have to go out. It's not enough to just be faithful. It isn't. Because there are people who are lost. Our church's mission are people who are lost. People who are not sitting in this service yet. But we're believing that one day they will. Right? Whether that be a loved one, whether it be your neighbor, whether it be a child that you're praying to come back home, or whether it just be somebody that we don't know, but somebody in our community, they all matter significantly to God, and they should matter significantly to us. See, the pastor that I was speaking of was effective, but had no faithfulness. The servant was faithful, but had no effectiveness. And my son has both faithfulness and effectiveness when it comes to baseball. See, a faithful and effective church is made up of faithful and effective people. We are a faithful and effective church made up of faithful and effective people. I'm going to say it again. We are a faithful and effective church made up of faithful and effective people. That's you. Right? And what does this, what does this all mean, right? If we believe in our mission statement, leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus Christ, then these statements we can also say of ourselves. I lead individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Christ, but I'm also an individual being led to become a faithful and effective follower of Christ. We are both things, right? One is the faithfulness, one is the effectiveness. See, Tom and I have been praying about this. We had a um, staff retreat about a month ago, I think, and time has just flown, but I think it was a month ago. And it was an incredible retreat. And one of the things that we really wanted to pray about was we love this church. We love the mission that this church has. We're not changing the mission. If this is the first time you've heard this mission, it's the mission that the church has had for years. We love the mission that this church has. So 
as Tom and I were praying about it and asking ourselves, what does it take to have a faithful and effective church? You may be asking yourself that. To be able to help us be faithful, see, we're committed and we work hard to make sure our weekend services and our life groups will help us build a life of faithfulness. Because that's so important. Faithfulness is so important. But there's three areas in our church that we really want to focus on and we find really important in this mission. One is healthy teams. We want healthy teams in our church. So can we give just a round of applause for everyone who's on a team? You guys are amazing. Our teams are amazing and incredible. But we want them to be well-staffed. Listen, you don't have to be a member to be on a team. You can join a team today. So if you've been waiting to become, to go on a team, you can start that today. And why do teams matter? Teams matter significantly to moving the mission forward. But they also help with faithfulness. Right? Because we grow on teams. We grow when we work with other people. We want our teams to stretch in gifts and talents. We want you to stretch in your gifts and talents. We want you to find a place where you can use those gifts and talents for the kingdom of God. And we want our teams to be serving with joy. We want our teams to love serving. We want our teams, when they show up, to be so excited because they get to do what they get to do. And they understand the importance and the value of their teams. We want healthy teams, but we also want to be active in outreach. We want to be passionate about the lost. Like I said, I want it to bother us that we have empty seats, not just because we want more people, but because we want to see people coming to know Jesus. We want to be involved in our community. Come on, guys. If we were involved in our community, can you just imagine if, the, if we were more involved? Because we are involved in our community. But if we were even more involved, I would love it if our church was the first place that they called, right? Our community called when they needed something. Or if they were, ha or there was a crisis or something going on. I wish that our schools would call us, our public schools would call us when they need something. So we want a strong, and we want a strong relationship with our missionaries that we support. We want it to go beyond financially providing for them, but we want to support them in prayer and also just in relationship. Every single person that walks through these doors, we want them to feel like they belong. We want every single person to feel like they belong. We want our love for people to be unconditional. We want people to be able to walk in through these doors no matter where they're at. Church, I want us to each feel that. Feel that responsibility and wait. When you see somebody you don't know that walks in here, 
it's not just the greeter's job, right? It's our job to make sure they feel welcomed and they know that they are important and valued. We want to have events throughout the year be amazing and incredible and outreach-centered. We just had one, Fall Fest, right? Fall Fest we wanted to have because we wanted our community to know we're here. We wanted to, to reach our community. It was really fun for us, and also it was incredible. I could tell you story after story from Fall Fest, and I wish I had time because there were some incredible and amazing stories that came out of Fall Fest from people in our neighborhood just walking up to neighborhood kids coming to play to food trucks wanting to get more involved. There's just incredible things, guys, that happen when we reach out to our community. So we want healthy teams, we'll be active in outreach, and then third thing is next steps. Okay, so when we say next steps, every single person, including myself, have a next step, right? Because we're not a finished product. We all have more work to do. We want to provide next steps that fit everybody. So life path is a next step. And if you haven't done Life Path yet, I highly suggest you do it. It's a great opportunity to get to know more about our church, to know who we are, and to see if this is something you want to be a part of, as well as find out next steps after that. Groups, our life groups. Our life groups are an incredible way. We just heard story after story from life group leaders and members of how incredible life groups are and why you should be a part of them. If you haven't joined one, maybe that's your first step. We want to have incredible groups. We want to have multiple groups. I love that this semester we have so many groups. How great is that, guys? There's a lot of groups. Yeah. Seriously. They're incredible. There's a group, I can guarantee you, if you have not looked yet, there's a group that will fit you. There are so many different groups on there. So go ahead and check those out. Listen, all these things matter because they move the mission forward. They take us be from being faithful, faithful to effective. If we believe that Jesus is the most important decision we have ever made in our lives, then we don't want anybody to miss out on that decision. Right? If it's the most important decision that we have ever made, we don't want people to miss out. We want people to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Church, dream with me a little bit. See, a faithful and affected church is an unstoppable church. Imagine we were unstoppable. Imagine that every single person sitting in here or online was looking for ways to be effective. 
And I'm not talking just in our church, but in our community. And when you go home, and when you go to work, and when you go to your kids' Little League games, and when you go to the PTA meetings, whatever that may look like, that you were looking for ways to be effective, that you were looking for ways to build relationships instead of sitting in the lunchroom at lunch at work and sitting there and burying your head and trying to just get a few moments, but you looked at the people sitting in the lunchroom and your heart broke for them. And you wanted to build a relationship with them and get to know them and know who they are and to pray for them and to just be a voice, an ear to listen to. Imagine that if we had people in our church, if every single person was looking for a way to be effective, our church would be unstoppable, right? If every single person in here looked for a team they could join or joined a life group or joined Life Path or found what their next step was, we would be unstoppable. If you looked and you said, there's somebody sitting by themselves, I'm going to take them with me, we would be unstoppable right? Nobody does life alone in our church. We are not going to allow people to be alone. We're going to look for people who are feeling isolated and alone, and we're going to take them with us, right? Because that's the type of church that we are. When we walk in on a Sunday morning and we see our friends over in the corner, and we want to talk with them, but then we see somebody who's just come in for the first time that looks nervous, we're going to prioritize that person that just walked in. Not because it's the greeter's job, not because it's the info desk job, not because it's the staff's job, but because we understand that it is our responsibilities as Christ followers. Right? Church. I believe we can be an incredible church because we have faithful and effective followers of Jesus Christ in this room. And because we understand the mission of Jesus, the mission that Jesus died for. We were his mission. I was his mission. You were his mission. You are his mission. Can't, if we understand that, you know, it says that he leaves the 99 to go after the one, right? Leaves the 99 to go after the one. We're the 99. We're the faithful. He will leave the 99 to go after that one. And if we are imitating him, we will go after the one. Right? We'll care about the one. So church, I hope today you feel encouraged. I feel, hope that you feel challenged. I know I feel challenged. But as we ready to pray here in a few minutes, 
Maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what, I need to, I need to just be more faithful. I'm, I could be more faithful. Maybe it starts with deciding I'm going to show up for church on Sunday. I'm not going to wait to see how I feel in the morning. I'm going to show up at church on Sunday. Maybe it starts with opening up my Bible. Maybe it starts with just weathering the storms of life. But for maybe some of you, you would say I'm faithful, but I'm not as effective as I could be. And I would encourage you to find a way to be effective. At home, at work, at church. And to never forget that people matter so much to Jesus and they matter to us. And we're here as a church because we care about lost people. If you're in here today and you haven't made a decision yet, I want to pray with you. It's like I said, it's the best decision you will ever make. And like I said last week, he has been pursuing you from the day you were born, from before you were ever born. He created you with purpose. He loves you unconditionally. You don't have to change to make a decision to follow Jesus. He says, come as you are. So this morning, if you would just close your eyes and bow your heads with me. I want to pray for those who are here in person and those who are online. Just give privacy to those around us. If that is you this morning, you're hearing me talk about this mission, this mission of Jesus. I just want to pray for you because you were who he had on his mind when he was on the cross. And I would love to pray for you making that decision this morning. So, so look around, if that's you, would you just please raise your hand? I wanna pray with you. It's looking to my left right now. Just moving across the room. And if you're online, you can click the hands up button or raise hand. Yep, I see you. See you to the right. Anybody else that I can pray for today? Yes, I see you. Anybody else? Yeah. I see you. One more time, anybody else I can pray for? Anybody I missed? All right, church, can we give a round of applause?
This is what matters. Nothing else matters. This right here is what matters. Guys, people made decisions today. That should excite us. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna pray this prayer. All right, just with, if you can just pray after me as I lead you in this prayer. Everybody pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I wanna follow you. I invite you to be Lord of my life. Help me follow you every day. I want to leave my old life of sin behind and heal my broken relationship with God. In Jesus' name, amen.